I have this picture in my mind of the early church, how God was glorified through them. They have received eternal life. Jesus is no longer there. But the day of Pentecost came and they received the whole. And they saw a number of other people come into the kingdom. And they're excited about this new life that they have. This new experience that they, uh, that they have. They're, they're, I can see them rushing down to the temple court when they're, when they're meeting down there. Uh, and, and Peter or whoever is talking with them, I can see them rushing to get uh, to, to wherever the house meetings are taking place. Uh, they can't wait. I don't know how they used to work back then. Um, I'm sure they had farms and so, but they can't wait to get home to, to, uh, to throw off those working clothes and, and, and get down to whoever house it is. And, and they're talking together and they're examining the scriptures and looking at, at the things that Jesus taught. Um, and, and they're excited about living the life and they're going out and they're experiencing what they're hearing in their daily lives. Those who are sick are being healed, so they're enjoying health. And, and, um, and, and, and those who are in need, uh, there was a lot of poor people because of the, the way that they were living back then. Um, they, they were, the Jewish people were literal slaves to the Roman. Uh, so uh, there were a lot of poor people, but the rich people, those who were rich, were, were selling off some of their lands and, and, and so on. And they were taking care of the poor ones. And, and, and maybe the poor ones were getting jobs with the, uh, with the rich ones. And, and there, were, there was all of this activity taking place. And there was one thing that was emanating. And it was love. You could tell that these people loved each other. And, 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 and when someone came uh, to, to corrupt that with, with uh, greed and, and stuff, uh, they just died. The, the apostles said, die, and they dropped them dead. Uh, okay? Uh, God just weeded out those things from among them so that the purity of what God was doing continued to happen. And my heart craved for that. My heart craved for that. Because I grew up, although we were Pentecostals, I grew up in religion where the things that had to do with God took place on Sunday. And the rest of the week were other things. Things that had to do with us and, and just other things. Sometimes we didn't even think 
about God as we went about our lives. We didn't even think to apply these things that we were being taught to the present situations that we were faced with. Life, we just lived our lives until Sunday came when we dressed up again and, and headed down to church and, and had that little facade, religious facade, for a couple hours, two hours at the most. So that's what God had of us, two hours a week. And if he was lucky, he would get another one on Wednesday night when we had prayer. But when that was done, our lives were our lives. And we lived it with little thought of him. That's not how God is glorified. So we want to talk today about Final Thrust Kingdom Community. We want to continue our talk about what we believe God is doing, what we are all about, what Final Thrust Kingdom Community is all about. Last week we talked about our vision our vision to mobilize, motivate, equip, and activate believers to reap the end time harvest and make disciples for Jesus. So our primary focus is outward. Our primary focus is helping others, helping churches. If, if, if someone asks you um, the question, what? Is final thrust about? I believe a good answer might be something like, oh, we teach people how to make disciples for Jesus. That's our primary focus. We do a number of other things too. It is important that we do a number of other things. Uh, and we, we, we spoke to that last week. But our primary focus is the to give out what God has given us. Each of us has in some way been prepared, equipped, and positioned for this. I, I want you to take a moment and think about your life. I want you to take a moment and look back and think about your life. Think about where you are now and think about the vision of Final Thrust Kingdom community. I believe that you will see that God has taken you through a number of different experiences. Some of them were wonderful experiences. Some of them were hard. Some were painful. Some you don't even want to remember. But God allowed you to go through those experiences to bring you to the place where you are now in life. To bring you to the place where you are in life. 
and to position you where you are, wherever you are in life, in, the, in your daily life. He has positioned you to use those experiences, not just for yourself, but to use those experiences to help other people. He has positioned you in a ministry. You could have been in any other ministry, but he has positioned you in a ministry that is seeking to get you to focus on helping others to come to the place where you are in relationship with God. He has done that. Every experience that you had in your past life was to bring you to the place where you are right now. Each of us has been in some way prepared, equipped, and positioned for what God has calling, called us as, in, as, a, as a community and as individuals to. And the greatest honor that has been bestowed on us is that we understand what our Lord expects of us. If you don't understand what Jesus expects of you, practically everything that he has allowed you to go through and that he has built in you is wasted and will be wasted. If you don't understand what he expects of you. If you don't understand what he expects of you, you're not going to do what, what you are supposed to be doing. To be disciples and to make disciples and to train others to make disciples for Jesus. To be a disciple of Jesus is to understand him and his life, what he is all about. His life and mission, and to allow yourself to be enlisted by him to fulfill what he is doing. You will do your part in what he is doing. That's what being a disciple of Jesus is. It, it, is it's not, it doesn't just have to do with learning some teachings that he taught. But knowing his life and being like him and doing what he does. That's what being a disciple of Jesus really is all about. And once the first disciples understood this, they committed themselves totally and completely to it. It became their number one priority in life. Their number one priority was not, their number one priority was not 
the eight to four job. That was not the number one priority. As a matter of fact, the number, the, the eight to four job became a vehicle to do what they were supposed to be doing. The eight to four job provided them with the things that they needed to do what they were supposed to be doing. But the number one priority was making disciples. And they did it in the daily context of their lives. They understood that they were responsible for what they heard and what they knew. Now, they also understood that they had a responsibility for their personal lives, their families, and for those who were being discipled. And from very early, we see them establishing a structure to take care of one another. There, were, there was always talk about one another. Everybody say one another. They were concerned about one another. They were concerned about taking care of one another's needs. And that's the way that God wants us to function. God wants us to be concerned about one another. So if I am prospering, am I supposed to bring all of my money and lay it down for you? Is that what it's about? Come on, talk to me. No. If I am prospering financially, I am supposed, and you are not, if you are not prospering, I am supposed to use some of what I am receiving to help you. But I am also supposed to take some of the knowledge and the wisdom and the experience and make it available to you so that you can learn how to prosper too. Because you will never be in a position where you can help one another if you are not prospering too. Does that make sense? So this is, this is, they set structures in place so that they can help one another. I want to read again. We read it last week, but I want to read it again. Um, what they did. Verse 41 of chapter 2 of Acts says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. 3,000 people. There are now 3,000 plus 120, at least 120 more. Okay, at least 3,120 believers together. Some were 
educated, some were ignorant, some were rich, some were poor, some were men, some were women, and maybe some young people, okay? But there were at least 3,120. So they started meeting together. That was the, the, the structure that they put in place. They started meeting together in houses. And they continued meeting together in houses and in the temple court. They would meet when they wanted to meet as a crowd, a, a large group. They would meet down at the temple's court. But it says this, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. When they met together, those were the things that they did. Now, we understand well the praying. They met together and they were praying. We understand that well. We understand the fellowship. They were, they were talking with one another and sharing experiences and uh, interacting with on, 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 on various things. And we understand the breaking of bread. They were eating together, and, and sometimes they would, they, would have the, they would have what we refer to as the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. Okay? We understand those things well, but what is this apostles' doctrine? They continued in the apostles' doctrine. What is this apostles' doctrine? That was being taught. What is doctrine? I looked up the dictionary for doctrine, and this is what the dictionary says. The open dictionary says doctrine is a belief, a theory, or a set of beliefs, especially political or religious, taught and acceptable by a particular group. It can also refer to something as a role or principle that is taught, believed in, or considered to be true. That's how they define doctrine. The, the Webster Dictionary, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary says, it's a principle or position or the body of principles in a Brand of knowledge or system of belief is dogma. It's a statement of fundamental government policy, especially in international relations. But there's one thing about these definitions of doctrine. They fall short of one thing. What is that one thing that they fall short of? Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Was that up there? <laughs> they fall short of lifestyle. Doctrine is not just something that you learn or that you know. Doctrine instructs 
lifestyle. It tells you how you live. So we live doctrine. We don't just learn doctrine. When we speak of doctrine in the Bible, we are speaking about how to live. So what were the apostles doing? The apostles were teaching these believers how to live. They were teaching them how to live. Now, where did the apostles learn that, how to live? I'm going to come back to my notes a bit because I tend to wonder sometimes from the notes. Sometimes that is good, but sometimes it's not too good. But in my notes, I wrote, what, when we speak of biblical doctrine... We are talking about biblical principles that instructs and influence the lifestyle of those who have received eternal life and as such have become citizens of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. You have people who were living a particular lifestyle that was Jewish, Jesus begins to teach them a lifestyle that was different to what they had known. As a matter of fact, what Jesus was teaching them, some of it they knew. They knew it down here. Jesus was raising the bar and Jesus was saying, now you have been taught such and such. But I say to you, this is how you need to live. You have heard by them of old times, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you look on a woman and lust after, your, after her in your heart, that's committing adultery. Now that was never heard before. Adultery was when a, 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 a married person sneaked away with another married person or unmarried person and had sexual intercourse. That was adultery. When they were caught doing that, they were stoned to death. Jesus in the mind of the Father, or in heaven, that's not the extent of adultery. When you think about it, and when you desire to do it in your heart, that's standard. Of these principles which Jesus taught, and the apostles elaborated on and explained or fleshed out for these new believers. Throughout his earthly ministry, as he taught not just for the early church, the apostles taught them to the early church. They helped them to understand how to live the life. When Jesus commissioned the 12 to go and make disciples of all peoples, he instructed them 
wherever you go, make disciples, and this is what you are to do. Baptize them or initiate them into this new life. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. When they receive eternal life, baptize them. But don't so well that when they, they might get on their faces and cry and all that. But listen, getting on your faces and crying and all that means absolutely nothing. If when we walk through these doors, those principles that I have taught are not instructing the way that you live. It is then that I know whether I have taught well or whether I have preached well. I was saying to our elders, uh, I, I, I use an example. They were the strongest. They were the ones who understood how to live the principles of the kingdom of God. And when that thing happened, they were the ones who ran. They were the ones who did not know how to apply those principles to the offense that they felt. So what is really important is not how good I feel when I, when I teach or when I preach. What is really important is how good you understand. Because Jesus says this in, in, in Matthew chapter 13, I believe it is verse 19. He said, when someone hears the word of God and they don't understand it, the devil comes quickly and snatches it away from them so that they will not do what was taught. They will not do what the word says. So these principles which Jesus taught and which the apostles elaborated and explained or fleshed out, these principles are to be lived out in the daily context of our lives. And Jesus instructed, teach them down at Final Thrust Kingdom community and teach them in a way that they are understood, that they are lived, and that they are taught. That each one of us will be able to teach the same principles that we are teaching. And when that happens, when the principles of the kingdom of heaven are taught and lived and shared with others, that's how God is glorified. You, you hear us. We were singing the song this morning. We want to see you glorified. We want to see you glorified. We want to see your kingdom come. That's how the kingdom of God comes. The kingdom of God is in you. 
But the kingdom of God is only seen when we understand the principles of the kingdom and when we are living them out and people are seeing them and people's lives are are being influenced by them. It is then that God is glorified. God, God is not glorified when we sing it as a song. Well, I shouldn't say that. God is glorified then. But that's not, that's not what it is all about. If he is only glorified in here, when we are together, then he is not really being glorified. But when we go out and we are living the principles of the kingdom and people's lives are being influenced and changed and people are being helped and people are coming to Jesus, then God is really glorified. That's what the prophet meant when he said that the glory of God will fill the earth. Both the glory of God and the knowledge of the glory of God will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. That will happen when believers, people who have received the glory within them, the glory of God is the image or the likeness or the nature of God. The nature of God within us is the glory of God. The kingdom of God come. The nature of God in us is the kingdom of God come in us. Jesus said the kingdom is in you. And when that nature of God and the teachings of the lifestyle of the kingdom are lived out in our lives, and it is the nature of God that enables us to be able to live out the lifestyle. Listen, none of us have in ourselves the power to live these principles. In the flesh, we don't have it. Our nature is bad. It is corrupt. It is depraved. It only knows to sin. And even though we train it, have you ever tried? I guess none of you have ever tried training a pig to, be, to do certain things like human or training a dog to, you know, a dog could shake hands. A dog could dance. There are dogs that you could. But listen, when all of that is done, there's still a dog because they have dog nature. It's still a pig because it has pigment. It's still going to do the things that, that, that pigs do. The human nature is sinful and depraved. And even though you train it to be religious or to be spiritual or to be godly, at the end of the day, it is still going to do all those depraved things. That's why we receive the nature of God within us. Because the nature of God predisposes us to be godly. It predisposes us. When the nature of God 
in us hears the teaching of the principles of heaven, it rejoices. It says, yes, now I know I can do that. And I am able to do exceeding I ask or think because I have the power within me to do it. That power is the nature or the spirit of God. Excuse. So, what did Jesus teach? And I'm going to go over this very quickly. What did Jesus teach? Jesus taught principles for every area of human life from the perspective of heaven or true godliness or righteousness. Let me say that again. Jesus taught principles for every area of human life. Every area of human life was dealt with during the earthly ministry of Jesus. If you read Matthew's gospel beginning at uh, chapter 5 is where Matthew reports on the teachings of Jesus. Jesus begins by teaching what we refer to as the be attitudes, the attitudes to be. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Let me, let me quickly run through some of them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, this is what we aspire to be. And this is what we can be when we receive the nature of God. We can be poor in spirit. We will mourn. We will have an attitude to mourn after sin. When we sin, we will not, oh yeah, I got away with that. Nobody. No, we'll go and we will mourn. We'll be sorry. We'll be remorseful. We'll, we'll want to turn away from it. Blessed are those who are like that. Blessed are the meek. Those who humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. That's the attitude that we be, that we aspire to be. Meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. We have an attitude of wanting to, to pursue the righteous standards of God in our lives. We, we pursue it like a, a thirsty man wants water or a hungry man wants food. It, it is not something that we approach with a haphazard attitude. But we have an attitude of someone who is hungry. And someone who is thirsty when it comes to the things 
of God, understanding them and living them. And, and he goes right through all of that. And then he starts talking about some other things. Okay. He, he talked about what real murder is. That's one of the, the serious problems of man. Man doesn't understand murder and where it comes from. And how it happens in the heart before it becomes an action. So Jesus dealt with that. He dealt with adultery. He dealt with divorce. He dealt with retaliation. He dealt with love and giving and prayer and fasting and wealth. He dealt with all uh, how to handle earthly possessions. And he dealt with uh, uh, our attitude of wanting to judge others. He dealt with perseverance and reciprocity. He dealt with honesty and, and, and how to access the kingdom of God. He dealt with all of these things that we face in our daily lives. And he teaches us how to deal with them. Now, he does that in chapters 5 to 7. And then, through parables, mainly through parables, he goes on to elaborate on all of these things and, and explain them better. You, so you'll hear him often saying, the kingdom of heaven is like such and such the kingdom of heaven is like this or like that he's explaining he uses earthly imagery to explain that the earthly imagery are, are the things that that we understand easily because we live in them and he uses those to explain these principles of heaven so that we can go out and live as though we are in heaven. And then he comes to the end of chapter 7. He's teaching these principles. Now listen to this. I want everybody to get your attention. He comes to this. And verse 24 through 27, he says these words. He said, these things that I'm teaching you, build your lives on them. Build your lives on them. Listen, let me read it for you. He says, therefore, in light of all these principles that I have just taught you. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and put them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation 
Uh, there are people who say, that rock was Jesus. And they like to spiritualize it. That rock was the principles of the kingdom that Jesus taught. He says, if you don't build your lives on these principles of the kingdom, this is what is going to happen. I was going to go on and talk, but let me read it for you. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. <laughs> I just remember uh, <laughs> there was, there was a, a man in Barbados, his, who built his house on the sand. He was a popular man. Every person in Barbados knew the man. And he built his house on the sand because the sand was so beautiful. And, and then there was a flood and the sea came in and took the house and took it out to sea and the man went on top of the roof somehow he was able to get on top of the roof and he was up there waving he was really asking for help but nobody could help him the waters were coming down from the, from the hills into the, into the sea and the sea wave, the waves were rushing into the land and and he died. And I was out of Barbados at the time. I came back in the very day that the funeral was taking place. I sat. The funeral was held at our church. I was not the senior pastor at the time. Uh, and it was live on television because the man was very popular. And... Uh, and guess what? The senior pastor stood up and he said, I'm going to read for us today from Acts chapter 7, verse 24. And he preached about the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And Matthew chapter 7. And from the moment he sheared the scripture that he was going to read, I said, Oh no! No, no, you can't do that. And he read the scripture and he started to preach. And I saw people getting up and walking through the door. One, two, and then there was a rush. And, <laughs> At the graveside, the police detail had to stand around <laughs> had to stand around the pastor as he was burying the body because the people were so angry. But you know what? It wasn't sensitive, but it was true. You have to be foolish to build your house on sand. Jesus says, if we build 
and we are not building on these principles, if our lives are not being built on these principles, then we are like that man. You're building your house to be washed away. The rain came. Listen, for every one of us, the rain will come. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter whether you are rich or whether you are poor, whether you are black, whether you are white, uh, whether you are old, whether you are young. The rain will come. The floods or streams will rise. And the winds will blow and beat against your life. And if it is not built on these principles, you will crash. It will take you out to sea. I see that happen so often. So at Fantras Kingdom Community, we are seeking to build our lives on these principles. The principles of the kingdom. Hear me today. As there is light and there is darkness. And as surely as darkness follows light. God will allow the rain to come. The floods to come into your life, into my life. And he does it to allow us to know where we are building. Where are you building today? Where are you building? Are our lives and the way we live them lining up with the principles of the kingdom? The lifestyle that we are to live and to teach, I'll tell you this, God is getting us ready, preparing us to help others, not only for ourselves. We're talking about aligning ourselves with other churches so that, so that this is the mentality that we are, that we are helping them to think because most, and I'm not criticizing any church here, please understand this, but most churches are more concerned about getting a word that is going to, uh, that is going to help you to know how to, how to prosper. And, 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 and I am... I become so disgusted. I, I told my wife, she will tell you, I don't watch television, church, church programs on television. I never do. There's one that she watches. Sometimes if I'm coming through, uh, I might hear something, uh, you know, and they have, the music is awesome. So I love their music, but I don't because it disturbs my spirit. I seldom ever hear 
preachers who are teaching and encouraging the lifestyle of the kingdom of God. But that is what Jesus wants us to be doing. That's what Jesus wants us to do. So I, I, I was at, at an event recently along with uh, Elder Trent and Pastor Vons. Um, there were pastors there. It, it was calling together pastors for a, a, a particular reason. And, um, and we were there and this is what I was talking about. And the people who had come in to talk with the pastors, they were like, oh, and, and, and Basil this and, and Basil that. And, and, uh, because that is what they were talking about also. They came to talk with pastors about helping churches to make disciples for Jesus. And in the process of making disciples, teaching the lifestyle of the kingdom of God. So this is what we're getting ready to do and to help other churches with. Now let me rush through the rest of this very quickly. It is these same principles which Jesus taught throughout the Gospels that the apostles taught and that we are to teach today. The principles of the kingdom of heaven when learned and lived work for any people of any class or any race in any part of the world because the methods used might be different. The methods of teaching may change, but the message never changes. The principles of the kingdom, principles don't change. Laws change. Methods change. But principles remain the same and they work for every person who applies them and lives them. So Final Thrust Kingdom Community desires to live its name. We desire to be a community of believers who seek to learn and live the principles or the lifestyle of heaven while we are teaching and training believers to make a final thrust into the end time harvest and make disciples for Jesus by learning and living these same principles of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus taught a very important principle that instructs the attitude that we should have toward living and applying the kingdom principles. Right in the middle of his teaching, in Matthew chapter 5 to 7, right in the middle, Jesus teaches this principle. He teaches this in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. 
the context is talking about our busy pursuit of the necessities of life. To the extent where we become worried and overly concerned that we make things of the kingdom secondary and even fail to live up to the righteous standards of the kingdom principles that Jesus taught. So Jesus says this, I know that you are concerned about life. I know you are concerned about what you are going to eat, what you are going to wear, and where you're going to live. And then he says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and seek his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now, I'm closing with this. What does he really mean? How do we seek the kingdom of God? What does he mean when he says, seek first the kingdom of God? How do you seek the kingdom of God? I want us to, let's talk for five minutes. Yes. Um, it's like um, we give, uh, we say give 10% to the church, um, you know, you giving that first moment of your time of your life to God first. Um, he should not be secondary. Okay. That's one of the principles. Anybody else? Yes. I, I, they're recording, so um, okay. you got to move. Okay. So the Bible says this. It says, study to show yourself to prove as a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed. Okay. And we need to know what the word of God says, because that is the kingdom of God, right? Mm -hmm. It's a living word. It's alive, right? And we need to apply it to our life. And if we do apply it to our lives, that's how we're seeking God, by doing his will. What's his will? To do what the word says. And if you don't know the word, you can't do that. So you, you seek to understand the principles and you seek to apply them to your life. What happens? Does it mean that you are going to do that and then you're going to sit down and, uh, and all these things, clothes are going to come and food is going to come. And uh, Does it mean that? How are they going to come? How are you going to get them? Seeking first the kingdom of God. God spoke to me and said that seeking first the kingdom of God to me is the kingdom is all of us. And some of the things you said today, taking the gifts, the things that you know, and putting it into the kingdom. Where seeking first the kingdom of God means to me that God wants me to go after the kingdom. And the kingdom is also everyone in the kingdom. And we're all supposed to be 
growing each other and moving forward together as one. So seeking the kingdom is coming after the people, helping everyone to where they need where they need to go and helping them to advance their gifts. I feel like that's what he was telling me to focus on. Okay. And what happens when you do that? Talk to me. Anybody knows what happens when you do that? What happens when you, when every time the, the church is open, the people of God are gathering, you are so excited about worshiping God. You are so excited about, about, getting to, uh, about getting to church and hearing the word of God that you can't wait to get there. You hear something and you can't wait to put it into practice. You, you, you see somebody in need and you can't wait to help them. You, you see a need that arises and, 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 and you... Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into giving into that need. What happens? Yes. But beyond that, listen, when we go after the kingdom, we learn. Wisdom. We gain knowledge and we learn wisdom. We learn how to apply that knowledge to every area of life. God has no money in heaven. He doesn't give it that way. But when we apply the principles, we will learn how to make money. We will learn not just how to make money. Do you know that a lot of people are poor not because they have not made money. We will also learn how to spend money. There are people who don't know how to spend money. They waste it. We will learn how to, how to get a house. Because that's one of the concerns. That's one of the needs. We, when we seek after the kingdom, we learn these principles and we learn how to apply them. And, and that's what we are going to pursue. I'm, I'm going to stop here. I had a couple of the questions, and I'm not going to ask them today. At least I'll ask the last one, and, and we'll close with it. Uh, how are things added to our lives? How are things added? Seek ye first the kingdom, seek his righteousness, and all these things that you desire will be added. Things are added. Things are added when we apply the principles. One of the principles of the kingdom 
is hard work. How many of you know that the prince, one of the principles is hard work? Work. <laughs> Taking the talents, whatever talents you, he has given to you, and using it. And being able to come back to him and say, oh, Lord, look what he did. You give me two. I, I used them, Lord, and I got four. You give me five. Listen, applying the principles mean working hard at times. Applying the principles means mortifying our flesh at times. It means putting ourselves down. I, I, I'm, I'm looking for the best word for that. Uh, it means humbling ourselves at times. Uh, your strong will person, and you know that, you, you surrender your, yourself. You submit yourself. Submit yourself not just to him, but to those people that he has placed you under to submit yourself. There are a host of different ways that we apply the principles and see God work. I, I, as I was talking, I, I thought of my wife. If I am not careful, she would give away all the money. No, serious. If I'm not careful, she, she will just... You just gotta, there's got to be a need. <laughs> but you know what? I have seen people come and give her new cars. When she applied the principle of giving. I'm not talking about some secondhand car that you, that you give to those people when you don't want it. And then they give it to, to the church people. I am talking about cars that were never driven before. Not once, but twice. Three times. That's what God, that's one of the ways. Now God might, it might you might give and God might bless you. He might bless your business. So nobody give you something, but he blesses you to the extent where you, you, you earn so much that, uh, that you're able to, to acquire it for yourself. Or you're able to acquire land. Or you're able to acquire a house. Or, or you're able to, 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 to do things that you ordinarily would not have been able to do. Because God is concerned not just about his righteous standards in our lives and he is concerned not just about us bringing people into the kingdom of God sharing the gospel and and and, and allowing people to receive eternal life God is concerned about those things but he's not just concerned about those things he is concerned about you and what you eat and what you wear, 
and where you live. He is concerned about those things. And when we apply the principles of the kingdom, and there, is, there are principles for every area, every facet of our lives, when we apply them, we see God glorified in us. Amen.